What's up, food history nerds? I'm Celine Roberts, and you're listening to 5 Minutes in Food History. This week, we delve into the history of Isley's, a much-beloved local chain of dairies and restaurants that once had locations all over Pittsburgh. Brian Butko, the editor of Western Pennsylvania History Magazine and author of Klondike's Chipped Ham and Skyscraper Cones, The Story of Isley's, sat down with me at the Heinz History Center and traced back the roots of Isley's past and present. Initially, this was meant to be one short episode, but as the story unfolded, I realized that one good detail about Isley's deserves another. So in the coming weeks, keep your ears open for follow-up segments to this story. And now, to the past. Hi, I'm Brian Butko. I'm the editor of Western Pennsylvania History Magazine at the Heinz History Center. So my real job is director of publications. So I oversee the magazine and our book publishing program. And then uh, in my other life, I write books. And today we are here to talk about Klondike's chipped ham and skyscraper cones, the story of Isley's, which is a popular regional chain, or once was. I know that it still exists in some form, Right, Brickers, and um, there are a few other little remnants of it, but it has certainly almost disappeared. I think a lot of Pittsburghers find that hard to believe because they were more common than McDonald's in their day. When I was growing up, so that would be, say, the 1970s, um, Isleys were everywhere. They were on every corner in every neighborhood, and... um, And we thought Isley's were worldwide or as big as our world was. But then you find out uh, that not everyone has it. And so uh, that was strange enough. But then in the 1980s, suddenly they started closing. And uh, there came a point when all of a sudden you didn't notice, but Isley's were gone. And the joke in the 90s and maybe still a little bit today was, Pittsburghers gave directions by where all the Isleys used to be because they were in every neighborhood in every corner So McKeesport had a few of them Uh, Duquesne had a few uh, Homestead had a few of them Um, So imagine not just one in a town, but two or three. So uh, They were pretty common Uh, They employed a lot of people everybody went there for the food and even as they were uh, starting to close by the 70s Uh, They still were everywhere, that's where we would go. But by the 80s and certainly by the 90s, they were gone. What do you know about the family and the origins of Isleys? The Isley family came from Switzerland. Uh, The story is they literally brought over their giant uh, copper uh, kettle to to mix up their products and hauled it across the Allegheny Mountains and down the Ohio River to Switzer Township, um, down the Ohio River where other people from Switzerland were settling. And it was a lot like Switzerland. It was too hilly for farming, but perfect for pastures to make their Swiss cheese. Um, the grandson, William Isley, uh, quite the go-getter, was had different cheese factories and was selling uh, milk, but decided to move more towards central Ohio where there was more population. Um, But he found that the grass one isn't as good for Swiss cheese, but pasteurization was just coming into vogue. So he, uh, around the turn of the century, 1900, 
began selling milk, bottom milk root. And so he got into that field just at the right time. And they began selling their products in the back of the factory where you could buy some uh, ice cream, including maple ice cream. Uh, so that's about 1902. And then a few years later, when they decided to expand uh, to Marion, Ohio, and then eventually Youngstown. Um, and they were doing that because, if you think of the whole story, the roads weren't really good, trucks weren't really good, uh, refrigerated trucks weren't more than dumping lots of ice inside a truck. Uh, you had to have a factory at each town. You couldn't be going 20 or 50 miles making the deliveries. But uh, so each son of the Isley family, of William Isley, was opening those different plants. That would come back to haunt them by the time the 50s and 60s came along. You had different plants with different managers. Those sons and then grandchildren had different skills, different packaging, different formulas eventually for their ice cream. So here you are in a world that by the 50s, there's supermarkets, there's drive-in restaurants, there's um, standardization. And here's Isley's that was a big hit for many reasons. Uh, uh, they're high quality, they're, they're ha owning both the factories and they went on to open stores. What was all their advantages in the teens and 20s and 30s? Now it's the 50s and 60s. Now you have cousins um, with different interests and of course with any family owned company, um, they don't always want to wait for that check every year. They'd rather sell out and, and then you have other family that's deeply invested, but they can't buy it all themselves. And so by the late 60s, the Isley family, um, even though they're having family reunions, they personally all love each other, but business-wise, it's just a big jumble. And so uh, by the early 70s, the family sold um, to uh, an investment company that just, as they do today, they buy it for the assets of the company, knowing they can turn it around and make a profit. But their products live on. Klondike Bar, Skyscraper right. Cones, although right. not by that name. What do you think the contributions of Isley's were to food culture in this region? Well, certainly they had their three famous products, Klondike's Chipped Ham, Skyscraper Cones. But um, I think the business ethics they brought to it uh, really became part of what Pittsburghers consider their identity of being hardworking yet generous. And um, that just permeates every angle of the Isley story. For five more minutes in food history, visit www.pghcitypaper.com. Go to our archives to hear about coffee, communal ovens, and tiki cocktails. And until next time, some food history of your own.